We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. I am in Oxford, Neil in Nashville, concluding his stay at SEC Media Days. Ole Miss, one of the final three teams to go, along with the Tennessee Volunteers and the South Carolina Gamecocks. So we'll recap, recap that a good bit. We'll hit a few topics probably from uh, the periphery of yesterday. We haven't been with you guys since uh, the Wednesday version of Media Days as well. So a good bit going on uh, here on today's show. A show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford, lunch specials, ribs, you know the deal by now. If you're in Clinton, if you're in Brookhaven, you get the homemade donuts. Those are every single morning. A lot of flavors, a lot of variety there with those two locations. Again, Clinton and Brookhaven for the donuts. And then uh, starting Monday, we'll both be back in the Clark Ford studio. We will. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. It's great products, great service. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. I am in the... Hyatt Regency, I'm sorry, the Grand Hyatt, keep calling it the Hyatt Regency, it's the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville, all of my coverage from Nashville has been brought to you by Hillco Insurance, do you hate losing games, do you hate losing players, do you hate paying for your insurance, if you said yes to those questions, Davey Ferris can help, Davey has partnered with the Grove Collective, will be donating 20% of all commissions and 10% of all renewals on both personal and commercial insurance policies. Davey and Hilco are sponsoring rebelgrove.com's coverage and MPW Digital's coverage of SEC Media Days in Nashville. Davey can service customers in Nashville and Tennessee and all the other 49 states, and he's dedicated to making sure Ole Miss Athletics succeeds in this era of college sports. Let's contact Davey Ferris at 214-715-7247 or via email at dferris 
That's D-F-A-R-R-I-S at HillcoInsurance.com. A lot of stuff up uh, today on the site. Mr. McCready there in Nashville. There is a uh, notebook looking at Tennessee and South Carolina. You can watch Quinshawn Judkins, Cedric Johnson, DeAndre Prince represent Ole Miss SEC Media Days. you got uh, Kiffin's local media session, which happened prior to the main ballroom this morning, and then uh, as well as a notebook from uh, Kiffin there in the uh, the larger interview session that happened today as well. Um, good, a lot of big picture stuff is typically what follows Kiffin around. And we'll let's start here, Neil, because like you said, message board talking about it, the internet ablaze. It frustrated people apparently in the state of Alabama for whatever reason. Set me up on how we got to uh, Feinbaum criticizing Lane today. Uh, had to do with uh, loyalty, leaving, players been able to bounce around, that kind of thing. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I'll give you the exact quote from uh, Feinbaum and then tell me what got his ire up because I have not seen Lane's exact quote that would have done this. Paul, they're obviously with SEC Network says, quote, I find everything that Lane says to be humorous, but nothing more than the hypocrisy of calling college football a disaster today because players can leave at a moment's notice considering he walked out on Tennessee in the middle of the night for USC, and especially last year when he was secretly negotiating with Auburn while his team imploded, losing four games as a result, and then managed to leverage that for a $10 million a year deal. Huh. Wow. Start, uh, l- l- let me start with this. When did Paul start criticizing people? Because when he'd been sort of a puppet for the SEC where we really didn't go against the network much for the while for, for the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I don't listen to his show much at all. That's not as knock on his show. It's just why would I do that with my spare time when we talk about I mean, <laughs> that'd be that'd be hypocritical on my part to say, hey, I'm gonna go. In my spare time, I'm going to listen to more podcasts about the thing that I talk about all day. That would be sort of not good. Um, you know, I didn't think Lane, and I'd have to go read the exact quotes. I guess I could pull that up and find it. I've got a transcript here somewhere. I guess I should do that. Let me let me look. I didn't think Lane said that about uh, college football. I, I, I thought what Lane did was – he just kind of did what Lane does when he talks big picture. I'm pulling up Lane Kiffin right now, and I'll be able to tell you what he said in the main room. If I can find it here. Let's see. He talked about NIL. Um, okay. He says, you know, some topics that are here, here that are out there, and so I'm going to address the portal NIL, what I call what I kind of call a disaster that we're in. I know that question is going to come. And the reason why I break that down usually is because I do afterwards get a lot of feedback from you guys in the media or the fans that they are appreciative of coaches that really address where it's at and what are the challenges with it. First off, I've always said that I think it's phenomenal that players get a chance to get paid, which is great. I do think, which I've stood up here and said before when it first happened, that there's going to be some major issues and we're creating free agency with the portal. And with NIL, you've got a lot of pay-for-play going on, and that is what it is. Those two things combining, there's not a system in place. I don't think there's any other sports at any level like this that really you every year can opt into free agency, really twice a year. I mean, I was just thinking on the plane ride over here, what if you had this in other sports? Tom Brady, 
Ajay Wilson, Lionel Messi, LeBron James? What if every year those guys can opt to free agency twice a year, really, and they have no long-term contracts because everybody is not even on a one-month contract because they can leave in two windows? It's created a lot of issues and roster changes. I'm not complaining about it because we take advantage of free agency, but at the same time, I don't think there's really that's really good for college football. These massive overhauls of rosters every year really is not in the best interest of college football. When you add the NIL at the same time, we have created, I've said it before, we've got different caps and no luxury taxes. So we've got professional sports because that's really is what we are, what's been created now, and there's no caps on what guys can make or what teams' payrolls are. When this first came out, basically said whatever programs have the most aggressive boosters with the most money are going to get the players. And now we are adding some states that you don't have to follow the NCAA. And now the university can take the money and give it to the collective to give it to the players. So now we really have pay for play that the biggest schools with the most donors, most aggressive and the schools wants to spend the most money paying the players to play to come to their school is where we are with that. So there's kind of your state of the union of what all coaches are dealing with around the country. And really, a poor system that isn't getting better is now going to get worse with this. Because again, now we just look at recruiting rankings and you're just going to see that they are usually going to follow this donor base and what schools are going to decide to give the most money to the players. So it is what it is. We'll deal with it like we do with everything else. But somehow, it's got to get fixed because there is no system around it. Not really anything different than we have been hearing from Lane Kiffin for a really long time. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm I'm I not I guess I'm a little surprised that we're pretty desensitized to that. That just kind of is his that's his modus operandi there. Like there's not much there that's 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 different at all. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I wrote I wrote about it, but only because I knew that there would be fan interest, but when he started talking about that, it was all I could do to kind of keep my attention span. I mean, I've I've heard that before. I mean, Lane was funny today at times because Lane loves that stage. He loves talking to the national media. He likes he likes bigger media groups. I think he likes the smarter media group. I'm not picking on us, but it is what it is. It's not that we're not smart. We're just we can't ask Lane big picture every single day. Yeah, of course. And so he gets bored with us fast. Um, he, so let's see, there's another quote here. He was asked, I think Joe Goodman asked him, you know, he says, I appreciate your candor on NIL. You're the czar of college foot. You're, if you're the czar of college football, how do you fix it? That's the natural follow-up to your state of the union. And Lane's answer is, I'm sure people are tired of hearing this, but here it goes. It's like I tell our staff, I don't like for you to tell me the problem, but not the solution. So I feel like that in this one, that I don't have the exact solution because it is so complicated. And the commissioner, who is much more educated than I on these things, because I used to say they should be employees so they can have real contracts so that when they come, you can sign somebody to a two, three, four year contract. But there's way more issues that solves one problem, but opens up more when they are actually employees of the university. I don't have the exact answers. I've always said. When asked, shorten the window so at least we know what your roster is and not so many chances for players. Because really, like I said, I like the players getting paid, but you don't, there's no system like it. Like the player, I've told our players, I've told our parents of our significant players, it is a great time to be a kid or a parent, okay, with where college football is. 
They will probably eventually fix this. So you will be this one window of a couple of years where you can literally leverage your program every window, or you can go into free agency and find the most money out there. And now we are seeing you really can get paid three times if you want to. You can get paid coming out of high school. You can one-time transfer, go in, get the most money, and get paid again. And then you can grad transfer and then get paid again. Eventually, you'll not be able to do that, I would think, and have that leverage every semester to be able to do that. I've told them it's an awesome time for them. And he was asked about revenue sharing. There was a story out today about, or out the other day about, Revenue sharing being a possibility, and he talks about that. He says, I still don't know that that fixes it. Sounds good. But then you're still going to have, here's your revenue sharing pot, that everything is the same. But then here you're still going to have all this other money that donors can give to players. Or the way it is now in some states, the school just funnels the money to the players. He he just went on and on about it. Um, I don't know why that upset Paul. You'd have to ask Paul. I don't. I don't know Paul well enough to know why Paul did it actually upset. upset Paul or did Paul just need something to talk about today for a little while? Or maybe he just wanted to point out the. I don't think Paul's criticism is completely absurd. I know that won't be no, popular. No, no, no. I, I, I get it. You know, I don't, I know that won't be popular. Well, it, I mean, it, it is the standard criticism in general is y'all are griping about the players leaving, but you can leave whenever you want to and get paid a ton of money basically to threaten leaving. I mean, it's not a crazy thought there. You know, I mean, it's more complicated, but it's not crazy. And, and we can have this fight with people about whether the Auburn thing was real or not till we're blue in the face. You've made up your mind at this point. It's sort of like you're either for Trump or you're against Trump. And there's not much changing you at this point, right? Probably and a I pretty small percentage of the country goes, you know what? I just can't decide about the Donald. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. You know, I, you know, I'm still thinking about it. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I think he's kind of great. Sometimes I think he's horrible. No one does that. I mean, so you either think Lane Kiffin was deep in the negotiations with, with Auburn or you don't. Paul thinks he was. And if you, if, if you think he was, and again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he was, I'm not saying he wasn't. I certainly have an opinion, but at this point it doesn't matter. But if you are someone who thinks he was, and Paul clearly stated that he thinks that, then you believe that it is somewhat hypocritical to criticize the kids for leveraging the opportunity to make more money or to go elsewhere. Which, okay. Yeah. I mean, Lane's not upset by Paul saying something. You know, I'm in the minority on this that does I think it doesn't matter. I don't think Ole Miss's problems in the last five weeks of the season had much to do with Auburn. I think it had to do with some culture issues. I think it had to do with putting everything heart and soul into that Alabama game and it coming down to the very end. Ole Miss had the ball first and 10 at the Alabama 14 with the chance to go ahead very, very late in the game. They didn't get it done. I don't think they bounced back very quick from it. I think – they turned around six nights later, or seven nights later, and they played in Fayetteville against a very motivated Arkansas team with like 30 seniors. It took forever to do their senior festivity that night. It was cold, um, and Ole Miss didn't answer the bell particularly well, and Arkansas, to its credit, did. 
And then the Mississippi State game, to me, was the most egregious loss of the season. And I, I, I've, I've told you what I think about that. I don't think it had a lot to do with Auburn. I don't think the kids on that team by Thursday of that week, A, cared whether he left, and B, I don't think they thought he was leaving. And so I don't think it was that. I think they were a little tired. They played a sloppy football game. And they let an inferior team beat them on their field. And then in the bowl game, it was your typical Wednesday night, late December bowl game. One team really gave a shit and one team didn't. Yeah. And the team that did kicked the hell out of the team that didn't. It happens. That's a tale. That is a tale as old as time. Yeah, everybody's been on both sides of that one. That's not deciding the next season whatsoever there. Um, yeah, you know, you you mentioned it, not keep getting his team up after Alabama. To me, the entire day, that was his most revealing, kind of his best quote. I've got it here. He goes, that was a great run for our season, nine games there. I didn't do a very good job over the year of keeping our team together, not as an excuse, but I said up here a year ago, you know, the challenges when you have such a roster overhaul and so portal heavy – and I've said I've always been concerned about culture issues when you do that because you don't have kids that have been there for very long. So admitting the part about the non-Alabama. And then we I'm only going to mention this for a second, but it's relevant to this, even though we spent half a podcast on it the other day, is the fact that that was in week nine, week 10, whatever it was at that point. And he still is saying that potentially caused a problem. Alabama and LSU were like week four and five this year. Totally different animal. I mean, if you thought that getting out of that run if adversity hits was tough in week 10, well, then by God, you better win the Alabama game this year or you better be really, really, really better in that situation. Yeah, it's it's to me, it's the storyline. And and DeAndre Prince sort of backed up what Jaden Ivey told me on a previous edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast a couple months ago or a month ago. I lose track of time in the summer, but. Uh, where Jaden said, you know, we lost LSU. They kind of got popped, and we never really got our confidence back. Didn't play with the same swagger after that. DeAndre said that today, that once they hit some adversity, they just lost their identity, that they weren't a super close team, that you had a bunch of guys that were new and they hadn't been there very long, and, you know, that they're they're trying to do more team-building stuff this year. They're trying to build more – off-season chemistry that might help them survive adversity because your point's a great one. It's one that uh, I've talked about before is you play Alabama in week four there. Look, teams have gone to Alabama, played well and lost. You, you know, They're going to be talented. You can lose there. Lots of people do. And then you turn around six days later, seven days later, and you play LSU at home. Well, they're going to be a talented team. A lot of people think they're the one of the top two or three teams in the country. If you're not ready for them, you can get beat. And then if you can't rebound, you play an Arkansas team that will come in with K.J. Jefferson playing his final game in the state of Mississippi, and he admitted this week that that's the game special to him. He wants to win in Mississippi. He One of the reasons he came back was he didn't get to play in Starkville last year. He um, wanted to – Wanted to play in his home state. I mean, it matters to him. So, you know, you're going to have your hands full those few weeks. And then two weeks after that, you're going to go play Auburn. And I guarantee you, Hugh Freeze is going to want that game. So, you know, you, you it, it never really gets any easier after that. So if you have culture issues that impact your ability to get up and play, 
Well, the recipe for a long season is right there. I mean, we do best case, worst case. Worst case is a cultural thing that leads into losses. Unless I missed something, I did not catch any actual news from Lane Kiffin. Did I miss anything? You did not. There was not a lot of opportunity to ask. There was a couple of questions that I wanted to get to. I specifically wanted to get to Jackson Dart's health, but it didn't come up. So I take it by what he said that uh, he expects all the quarterbacks to be healthy. Because um, he singled I, out Spencer with being 100%. Yeah. And then I, I have a question about a personnel matter involving the, I guess for lack of a word, eligibility of a player where you and I have both heard something that that never really came up today. Um, I guess that will come up here soon. Yeah, I was curious about that one. Um, it's called uh, Zavion Harris, an internal matter regarding the uh, the rest last weekend. Yeah, he was asked about that. Said that they were still doing their due diligence investigating. What's your guess? Uh, I, I would guess they suspend him a game. Yeah. I think that's that, where I would go. And that his his time his time in uh preseason camp, there will be some moments that are less fun than others. He will have a worse preseason camp than some other players. <laughs> yeah. His his conditioning will be tested uh more stringently than some other players who haven't done the things that he did. Uh, the Ole Miss players did not go uh, traditional with their their garb today. They went very bold, very uh, eccentric with some of the, the the outfit choices. It was not just your blue suit, red tie, pocket square, lapel pin, call it a day. Quinshawn with his shoe, shoes, suits, a couple spots. They uh, they did that. And I saw, I mean, I've also enjoyed the media trying to dress up all week, too. It's been fun just from pictures and videos and whatnot, catching everybody. Trying to put on the garb for the for the for for the big for the big show for the ceremony this week. It's been interesting to watch how many guys wore suits all week. I kind of felt, I kind of felt almost underdressed. Naked. Yeah, kind of naked at times, and and I felt like I dressed up to a degree. Um, yeah, some of the guys, man. I mean, they were they were brought out the brought out the big guns. Players, just in general. I mean, really, the first time anybody's seen Quinshawn Judkins talk. I mean, we've had him interviews, different things like that, but I think it's the first time he's been on camera. <laughs> he has the, and I knew this already because I had talked to him before, but he he has the com- complete opposite voice of what you would expect watching him play football. Yeah. Because <laughs> you'd expect him to sound like this, really tough, like I'm going to beat the hell out of somebody. And he has a very soft, uh, you almost have to lean in to hear him. Kind of a voice, very. Uh, he has a very friendly voice. You would never expect by listening to him talk that he is a guy that punishes linebackers. That's not what you would think. Cedric, uh, he's, you know, I was going to say I get the whole hey freshman don't talk, and we wanted to make sure he was ready. There is a certain Laramie Tunsil vibe to Quinshawn Judkins of. You know, not everybody's the exact same. And this kid's really bright and he's very charismatic and he's funny and he's 
perfectly capable of having a conversation with all sorts of people from different walks of life. Why exactly did you not let him be a little bit more vocal a year ago when it became obvious that he was a special player? I mean, I, I think sometimes you can make exceptions to rules and that, that probably would have been a good one. Um, they need to make sure that he gets plenty of exposure this year. He's, he's got all the, he's got all of the mental and I think emotional tools and everything else to be a superstar. In hindsight, any issue with dart not coming? I mean, I would have brought Jackson Dart. Yeah. Unless you believe that he's not going to be your quarterback. But if you think he is going to be your quarterback, I would have brought Jackson. But we're doing this competition thing for at least two weeks in camp, aren't we? Everything Lane says tends toward that guess. He says it's open. And if it is, I mean, I mean, good for us. It's a storyline, I suppose. I I don't know. I, I, I go all over the place on this quarterback thing. I mean, everything I've heard is that Jackson won that locker room last year, that guys gravitated toward him, that they like him, they respect him, they want him to be the guy. And if he's not, how does how do they respond to that? But on the other hand, and I was I was doing the next round earlier today with Ryan and Jim and Lance, and how many teams in the SEC last season got through the whole season with one quarterback? We'll do the alphabetical order thing. Alabama didn't make it. Arkansas didn't make it. Auburn didn't make it. Uh, LSU didn't make it. Jane Daniels got hurt. I think Will Rogers got through the season unscathed. I think Jackson Dart got through the season unscathed. And uh, who are we missing? Texas A&M had multiple quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, in the East, Florida had multiple quarterbacks. Hooker got Stetson. hurt late for Tennessee. Stetson Bennett got through it unscathed. Um, Missouri had multiple quarterbacks. Missouri had multiple quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm trying to literally do this, like just making sure I check all the boxes. Um, South Carolina... I don't think Rattler got hurt. He didn't Missouri. get hurt, but I felt like that was a weird thing for a day. Maybe not. Missouri had multiple quarterbacks. Vanderbilt, I think, had multiple quarterbacks. They did because they had Mike Wright and the other kid. Um, and then Tennessee, Hendon got hurt late in the season. So three out of 14, three out of 14 made it to the finish line with one quarterback. That's not a great number. So the stand, you know, the hey, I'm going to get some depth in here in case because people get hurt. I mean, big, strong guys like KJ Jefferson got hurt. Fast, super athletic guys like Hendon Hooker and uh, Bryce Young and 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 um, guys like that got hurt. Anthony Richardson got hurt. I mean, mm -hmm. he looks like an absolute Greek god. You know what I mean? I mean, he got hurt. So, um. Maybe it's as simple as look. We just have to have quarterbacks. Cedric Johnson, DeAndre Prince, the other two Ole Miss players uh, there today. Both interesting stories in a couple of ways. I'm I'm excited to see Cedric a little bit this year. Guy with a ton of talent. Guy's been banged up. 
you know, he kind of was supposed to be this heir apparent to Sam Williams and struggled through some of last year simply with injuries and being 100% and whatnot. And then Prince, a guy who leaves the program, comes back very effective at corner and is the sort of the one remaining. Ole Miss had all these corners last year and guys who played really well in all these different ways. And they lose Miles Battle to Utah and AJ Finley's gone. And just the, the secondary changing over like it has. Um, general thesis from Johnson and Prince from today. Oh, no, sorry, I was reading something funny. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought DeAndre was good. I've, I've talked to him about this before. He, no one could have predicted a couple of years ago that he would be representing Ole Miss at SEC Media Days when he basically yeah. quits, quits the team and blames the team, and then has that cathartic moment where he realizes, no, it wasn't them; it was me. And he fixes it, and now he's a leader on the team and a veteran on the team. That's no one could see that coming. And then Cedric Johnson's just one of the really nice, good guys in sports, and hopefully he can stay healthy and have the season that I think he's perfectly capable of having because he's such an exceptional kid. He just got hurt last year and played hurt a lot last year and at times was kind of ineffective because he wasn't as explosive as he wanted to be. And he's not going to overwhelm you with his size. So he was frustrated and he admitted as much that he was kind of frustrated, but he refused to blame the injury. He said, I've just got to get better. And, um, you know, he talked about how Randall Joyner told him, in the spring, hey, this is probably a good thing for you. You're going to get a chance to get well and be fresh and be ready to go when the season rolls around. And Cedric wanted to be out there for the spring, but probably was a good thing that he wasn't. So they were they were good guys. I was reading a tweet from Super 70s Sports. It has a picture of Lane. I saw this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nothing says 7.6 wins better than a coach who looks like a dad who's seven cocktails in at a wedding reception and about to do the Macarena before having a loud argument with his wife about whether or not his toast was in poor taste. <laughs> well, he had the hair and the no tie and just, you know, not put together, but just, just, just maybe disheveled enough there at the end. <laughs> yeah i mean it's a good looking suit it was a good looking suit i like that suit yeah he's come a long way since having to jokingly borrow one from jimmy when he first took the job that night <laughs> yeah, he's a little fitter than he was when he first got the old miss gig yeah he's one of the few people that's lost weight after being in mississippi for three or four years um We'll continue in a second. First, the show brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. Sometimes life gets you bogged down. You may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up the way you want to. You work with a therapist to help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. You know, sometimes you can talk to family and people around you, but they've got preconceived notions. They've got their own thoughts. And it's not always the best thing for you. So find a therapist. Find someone that's a blank slate that can help you in that way. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no charge. Turn your video on or off. Make it what you need it to be. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash M-P-W. 
took a break in the podcast to tell you about Prime Shrimp. You can get seven different flavors delivered directly to your door. A couple of my favorites, the Signature, the New Orleans-style barbecue. They're great for salads. They're great for lunches, quick snacks, or even dinner to feed your family. The summer's pretty busy, so let Prime Shrimp take care of you. Again, with all those different flavors, fewer than 10 minutes, freezer to plate, and you get restaurant-quality shrimp. They also offer the uh, two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp, a lot like was at the grocery store, except a higher-quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. They're also available in Rouse's Markets if you have one of those nearby. But if you need them mail to you, we can help you out. You buy five pouches or more and use code RG, and you get 25% off. That's code RG, 25% off, primeshrimp.com. Summer is here. And Heavenly Sunshine Property would like to take the opportunity to remind you about the importance of taking care of your outdoor living spaces. Regular maintenance is key to preserving the beauty and integrity of your home or business, and one of the most effective ways to maintain is through power washing. Some of the key benefits include increased curb appeal, damage prevention, creating a healthier environment. It also saves you time and money. They've been serving the Mid-South and Oxford for over four decades. Their full-service commercial and residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. Don't wait until it's too late. Contact Heavenly Sunshine today and get ready to enjoy a brighter, cleaner outdoor living space. HeavenlySunshine.com or 662-342-1203. You get a free estimate. You can book that today. You can use code MPW10 for a 10% discount. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities, two packages. The Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's indiespark.com, 662-238-3159. Get the best internet in Lafayette County, also parts of Union and Pontotoc counties for those who previously did not have internet. And then last but definitely not least, G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They're right there on South Lamar in Oxford. They're my pharmacy. They deliver stuff to me every day. They do that for free, free local delivery with G&M. Take care of all your pharmaceutical needs. They even help you transfer your medications. If you're using one of those big box pharmacies that doesn't care about you, switch to G&M. You make one phone call, they take care of the rest. Done, simple, easy with G&M in Oxford or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. Again, that's 662-236-2222. Any uh, of the 14 coaches poorly dressed this week? What was the sartorial situation? No, I thought everybody was everybody was dressed well. Some more conservatively than others. A lot of the coaches like to do the sneakers thing. Yeah, that's become a thing. It's become a thing. Um, We've come a long way since Mullen was there with the Jeezys. Uh, most, a lot of them have gotten away from ties, which is good. You like that? I don't mind that. Okay. Um, you know, and then you got guys like Heupel. He's so big that there's nothing to do about it. There's no suits just aren't going to look good on him. You know, what, what do you do today? No, he's had suit. If I recall correctly, it's an orange tie. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, not to pick, just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, he can't, he can't take Lane's wardrobe. No, no. No, you know, Lane couldn't have pulled this off 30 pounds ago. Mm-mm. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember whether Beamer wore a tie today or not. I hit the wall today. I hit the I hit the media day's wall. You seem a little tired today. I mean, kind of kind of I was talking to Kevin Trainer. I was talking to Kevin Trainer, the longtime uh, Arkansas SID, whose daughter, by the way, uh, 
is a graduate student now at Ole Miss. She's going to be working at uh, in Ole Miss's media relations. Department. Oh, that's cool. I like Kevin. She, uh, she got her undergraduate degree at Oklahoma State. And anyway, so we, he and I were talking about, you know, life. And he goes, you know, next year we'll have two more of these. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm done at 14. I can't even imagine two more. So what will that schedule look like? What will they do? He thought they would add one on the front end and one on the back end and leave the two middle days the same. So it'll be four, 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 even though Sankey goes two on the first day. Yeah, he thought they would just start Monday a little earlier and go a little later on Thursday and leave Tuesday and Wednesday as is. You can't do more than four, and it needs to be over in four days. You don't need to go to a fifth day. That's what I told him. I said, hey, we could just add days, man. Just make a week of it. You know, he goes, no, God, no. And I'm like, all right, I was kidding. It'll be in Dallas next year, as we talked about on Monday. It's going to be it's going to be a lighter crew. Going to be a lot lighter crew, for sure. Yeah, that's I, the I, negative. I was talking to Matt Moscone about this today. I've had years where we didn't cover this and years when we did, and I do think it's worth covering. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I just think from a networking standpoint for what we do, podcasting and stuff, I think it's worth doing. And then you get four days of football content in a time when you're kind of starting to hurt for content, you know, and I've had people ask me, so you're writing about non-Ole Miss stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've localized a few things. For the most part, I've just kind of covered some Mm -hmm. basic stuff. No one's but, put- but but our people, listeners and subscribers, they're college football fans. I mean, a cursory knowledge of every team is not a bad thing. Oh, yeah, that guy's back. This is whatever. That's okay. I mean, when I'm watching Georgia and South Carolina in week two, I can go back to that and go, okay, there's three things here that are sort of interesting yeah. that I, I figured out from that time period. Yeah, you know, I mean, if Ole Miss doesn't play till 630, you're watching some other games leading up to that. And, you know, if Ole Miss plays at 11, you're probably watching some games after that. So, I don't know. And and then like Matt and I were talking about, 
when you go to an extended playoff, there's a chance that, you know, in that game in November, when your team's playing a big, let's say you're eight and two Ole Miss and you got to win out, right? But you got to have some help too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that North Carolina Clemson game that you otherwise would snooze through, you're locked in because you need the heels to beat Clemson, you know, or Oregon sitting out there undefeated in the Pac 12 or whatever it is. And you're like, they need to lose. And suddenly, you know, Washington State's got a four point lead in the third quarter and you are, you are team you're Cougar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I do think there's a chance that I don't think there's a chance. I think it's a likelihood that the extended playoff is going to create more interest, more widespread interest in the sport throughout the year. And so, yeah, to get a, to have some knowledge about the other 15 teams in the league starting next year is probably a good thing. I I mean, I haven't, the first time I did this where I wrote about other teams, I remember getting pushed back so far this week. Nobody has pushed back. If anything, people indicated that they sort of appreciated it. So, you know, Ole Miss went today and I went heavy on Ole Miss today. So, um, as I should, I did. So felt like there was a lot there and I'll write more about Ole Miss for, uh, 10 weekend thoughts on, on Sunday and stuff like that. So the all, all SEC team will come out tomorrow. The voting is open till six today for media. So I already voted. I put Ole Miss ninth in the West. I was, I'm kidding. I put, I put Ole Miss uh, fourth in the West. Thought about, thought about third. You may and them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Kool Aid still not, running, still running. It's it's, it's just kind of watery. I just okay. I got my question on Ole Miss, and I think it's more than fair. Is boy, that's a lot of change on defense. It's a lot of change. A coordinator, a scheme, assistance, fourteen portal as your and you play Alabama, LSU, and Arkansas in the front half of the season. It just feels like a lot. And that trip to Georgia late. You know, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, awesome. Certainly would be easier to cover 10 and 2 than it is to cover 5 and 7. So, you know, absolutely. I just – and with A&M, the the question mark is – it's a huge, glaring, shiny, flashing question mark, but it is really just kind of one question mark. Well, is – can Jimbo sort of get out of the way? Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Can, can the guy who makes so much money not screw it up? Just quit. You know, because be in, a scenario, yeah, in a scenario where he kind of lets Petrino do his thing, there's a chance that they're pretty damn good. Tennessee today, the two main topics is time to win a championship, not just be better, and then two, uh, having their NCAA case finalized, just the uh, brush breath of fresh air that goes with that for the volunteers. I mean, good God, it'll punishment but whatever fine moving on uh what are you laughing at just that the ncaa is toothless i mean come on it's over i mean they they punished jeremy pruitt Ole miss and missouri had to be real happy reading that we do not think we should punish anyone who's no longer or it was not involved in the process oh well okay thanks yeah yeah we should you know we should not harm players who were, were, were not involved oh well I mean, Tyler makes a good point when he says, now I don't think it's what he thinks. I don't think this is the NCAA finally having a moment of clarity. I think this is the NCAA waving the white flag. 
but continuing to do it wrong because it was always wrong. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I know. I you know. know. Someone had to be last. It just happened to be Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. That Twice said, then. Ole Miss's head coach with the NCAA investigator in the room threw both Bible verses and threats at him. So that that wasn't exactly the most brilliant strategy either. Always well, covering all the bases, just in case. That's the <laughs> one. Okay. Hey, if you if you respond to the hammer, then we're going to do the hammer. If you respond to King James, we're going to do the King James. Like whatever, it's all or good. Both. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he said it wasn't the smartest thing when he was at the podium a couple of days ago to have done the email. So Hugh has that going for him. He does. It's fine. Blaine <laughs> said thanks, pal. <laughs> God. I, I don't know if I am so excited I can't see straight or if I am dreading that week. It's one or the other, and there it, it is it is zero or ten, and I, I haven't decided which way it goes because it is just going to be comedy all week long. I've decided. I dread it. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> People are going to get me on shows and ask me if I still have some personal thing against Hugh and what I think about Hugh, and then if I say – you know, the truth about Hugh Freeze's tenure at Ole Miss, they get part. They, they, if you're an Auburn fan that at that point is defensive about Hugh, they're going to get mad and they're going to say stuff. And it, Hugh's tenure at Ole Miss is really complicated. I mean, there's a lot there. It's not, you can't, you can't boil it down to a nice concentrated sauce. It's nope. It's, 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 it's a broken sauce. It's a mess. So you have to sort of discuss that part of it. He started off doing amazing things and it ended in an absolute disaster of a train wreck. I'm looking at something because I was going to another topic. Your buddy Mark Heim has written like 14 stories today. I guess that's just AL.com and by God, it better be what you do. I'm just glancing down the bylines and holy hell. Yeah, it's, everything's about impressions and clicks at AL.com. That's how you survive. I mean, it's everything's one topic, just like one quote is story. But, whoa, it's a like ton of stuff. Yeah, this it's not, not a shot at Mark at all because he's a, a dear friend and I care for him very much. But And I think he would tell you this in his heart of hearts. I just don't think it's great journalism. Yeah. I mean, you make people just click and click and click and click and you put 42 ads inside the copy and I don't know as yeah, an Wayne, old school uh, as an old school journalism guy I can't stand it one reporter today asking Lane if he looked like him uh had that today and uh Lane saying he was taking Sakey's advice to not have to feel like he has to answer every question um so we've had that's had some had some good moments today that's Kurt Bowles Kurt Bowles of the Austin American statesman asked Lane if he would rank boosters and lane really wanted to do it <laughs> but he didn't he stopped himself that was funny that's a great question 10 years ago lane answers that question i'm not sure two years ago he okay question. fair okay oh god look i mean look oh, oh mrs Here's the one of the interesting storylines this year is that a year ago when all the Auburn stuff was percolating and you know 
Lane reportedly asked for a, a number, gave a number of what it would take to field a, a, a competitive roster. And Ole Miss slash the Grove Collective slash Boosters, whatever, produced that number and then some. So was it or was it not enough? I, I've talked to so many people this week that I get confused as to who I talked to. But someone made a really good point. You know, you go back and look at Lane's first season in 2020, Ole Miss plays Alabama toe-to-toe for three and a half quarters. Undefeated national champion loaded with NFL players, Alabama. And Lane pushed back on the moral victory thing. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss won the Outback Bowl, and Lane did not want to act like it was some giant achievement. Turned around the next season, won 10 games, and he pointed out that the goal was even higher. You can't be that guy and then start starting this year, start saying, hey, you know, the schedule's hard and it's going to be difficult. And if we, because at some point you got to be careful when you do that because you, you sound like you're accepting being less than champion. You know, I mean, Josh Heupel did it today. He was asked, you know, about Tennessee, and he said, "Well, we're here to win championships. That's what we, that's what we're here for. Not not win eleven games. We're here to win championships." And when you hold yourself to that standard, I mean, it can be get a little, it can get a little gritty. But I'm curious to see this season, like you said, I am so curious to see how an Ole Miss team would respond to say a three and two start where you lose to Bama and you lose to LSU and. Okay, it's going to get tough from here on out. What do you say? How do you say it? How do you kind of keep everything rolling forward? Well, and I mean, here's the deal on that is, look, I mean, because everybody goes, well, what if they win? Well, if they win, there is no adversity. I mean, you beat Alabama, then great. You just get ready for LSU the next week. Now, that is another problem, too. Don't let that be something where it gets you through Thursday. you got to turn around and figure it out. But, I mean, that's – that's why that doesn't take as much time to talk about is because, well, I mean, hell, if we're winning, I mean, if you're winning, everybody's everybody's happy. That's not exactly some crazy achievement as you as you move forward on how you keep culture together when you're winning a lot of games. And look, I mean, Lane did that after he signed the contract. He told some people, hey, this doesn't mean, you know, just because you make more money doesn't make the job easier. Well, okay, but that, that no, you know, be careful. Be careful. Yeah, I mean, w- w- winning's everybody loves a winner. Winning's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, hey, we're winning. Awesome. Everything's great. No one's criticizing much when you're winning. I never got any emails about Hugh Freeze's off-the-field stuff when Ole Miss was winning. When they when they lost, inbox was full. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just – that's that's the world. That's the way – it's the way it is. And so what happens if you – look, if people go well with you, are you saying they're going to lose those games? No. But, if I mean, if Ole Miss beats Alabama and then beats LSU, well, it's going to be, you know – Sugar canes and dandelions all over Oxford. It'll be easy. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that part's that's that's a walk in the park. What if you don't? What if you don't? How do you respond to that? That's that's the question. I want to preface this because it's not like he's ever upset or he should be nervous or anything like that. So I mean, this is a little bit hyperbolic or whatever you want to call it. Nick Saban looked really, really comfortable for a guy who might not have one of his better teams this year yesterday. He was joking around and just kind of hanging out. I mean, I, I I think I'm doing it to myself because I so don't want to, like, over or undersell Alabama on, like, oh, God, the, the thorns are gone. They're just a 
they're, they're a carnation now, not, you know, whatever. And it's like, but I watch him and he's joking about Italy and all this stuff. And I went, I don't know. I just, just, you, you either believe he maybe is better than we think or he's lost the edge. And I'm not willing to go to the ladder yet. So, well, you just stole one of my thoughts from 10 thoughts. So I'll probably write it anyway, but I'll yeah, say sure. it now. I had two big takeaways from SEC Media Days. One, this Petrino Fisher thing is not going to work out. That was the first one. The second one was, you know, Saban already has his speech planned for the Friday before the SEC championship game where he looks at out into the media and he goes, all you bastards wrote us off. Every one of you. And I knew. And here we are. <laughs> How's it taste? Take another bite. He did. He just sort of got through the day and, hey, sure. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to believe the Nick Saban has softened and lost his edge thing ever. So I don't buy that. And he sure was in a happy mood. He was. Hey, it's the first time he's come to a media day in a long time when people wondered, hey, who's the West team that's the favorite? And it might be the other team. He liked it. Media did did him some favors this week. He was appreciative. I think he meant it at the end when he said, I want to tell you how much I appreciate the work you all do. I think he was telling us thank you because I've got this stuff. You're about to give me something to put all over the bulletin boards, and I've got a good team. And all you people who think the legacy's over and all you people who are doubting on us, have your moment. October and November are going to be hard for you. Well, look, I mean, you and I are not predicting it. I mean, we're proving the point here. But, I mean, it's not like we're going to need heart medication at the shock if Nick Saban's holding up some ball or trophy at the end of this thing. I mean, come on. Like, it, no. I mean, I'm I mean, not. I mean, look, as much as I think LSU's a really good team, I mean, they – you know, I mean, Brian Kelly, to his credit, said it. I mean, they don't they don't have a championship roster yet. They've got talent, lots of it. They're they're a special team. I mean, they've got elite defensive players, an elite left tackle, a very talented quarterback, a, a loaded wide receiver room, great linebackers. There's a lot there, but you know, they're not Georgia. And we get obsessed with Alabama and the quarterbacks, and I think it's fair. To say, hey, you lost Bryce Young and you have this collection of guys that aren't Bryce Young. But still a load of five and high four-star players on that Alabama roster. A load of them. And it's still Nick Saban. Texas at home in week two. Ole Miss at home in week four. A&M on the road the first Saturday in October. Kind of a weird game against Arkansas before Tennessee. And then LSU November 4th. Those are I mean, the the, the, the flags. Like, they could lose some of those games. You know, got to go to Auburn at the end of the year. And who knows what Hugh will have by then. No. Oh. God only knows the speech he'll give his first Iron Bowl. Oh, he'll be all queued up now. Playing for love and. At some point this year, it's going to be, we're going to lock the gate and pick a fight, right? We're going to bring that one back. He should bring that one back for the Ole Miss game. Should he? Yeah, just put the video out beforehand so we can all get a (laughs) kick out of it. 
Live stream it. <laughs> After they have their prayer oval. Pick a fight. Lock the gate. Now, yeah. Now, Nick said that Nick did make sure that everybody realized that he did at least put off the, the Italy trip for two years before he did it. And it was a wedding anniversary. It wasn't they just took a normal trip in the summer. It was it's a 50th wedding anniversary or something like that. And it was, hey, I, I stalled this thing for two years, guys. Like, I I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Yeah. I bet Miss Terry liked that, huh? <laughs> you know, I went, but I didn't want to. Oh, that was sweet. How romantic, Nick. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Nick might be the one person who, when you say Donald Trump, he goes, who? Who's that? Oh, God. Does Nick play golf with Donald? Whatever. I don't know. I don't either. Did he ever win a championship during the Trump administration? Would he have gone to Washington with to meet Trump? I know he met Obama. I think so, right? They haven't been away from him that long. They won it in 2020, but they probably didn't do the White House thing because everybody would have died of COVID. Oh, uh, well. And have they won? Yeah. They have it- 2017, they would have gone to the White House under Trump, even though the season was mostly before Trump was inaugurated. Oh, that's right. And by the time that they would have celebrated 2021, it would have been Biden, and they Correct. probably still wouldn't have done it because of COVID. Correct. But he would have gone in 17. Okay. So they probably met Trump once at the White House. Yeah. Was that the year that they did the fast food? That was Clemson. Clemson. That was one of Clemson's titles. Okay. Yeah. The hamburgers and the chicken nuggets and the shakes and whatever it was that day. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. that. Okay. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't get those mixed up. Who else was even yesterday? Who talked yesterday? It was Alabama. We were bored by Kentucky. Florida and Kentucky. Yeah, Stoops was really boring. Napier was really boring. God. Sell, 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 and you can make fun of me if they win games. I'm with you. And I didn't didn't see Pittman because I I left the hotel to go pick up Carson at the airport. I saw Saban, and then I saw Stoops and Napier. I didn't see – I didn't see any of the Arkansas guys. I, I passed by Rocket Sanders when I got back. That was it. I, I'd ever, I didn't I didn't talk to any of the Arkansas guys. No one said anything overly stupid the whole week. I think coaches and media relations people have like, hey, it was a little less fun than it's been, but nobody gave really a talking point at all. I think it's why people clung to the things that Lane said today because it was the first kind of quote controversial thing anybody said. Even though I, I I don't think what Lane said was controversial at all. It's a widespread opinion. Oh, it's 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 everyone. I mean, you've got to be you you've got to be looking for the click or really freedom fighting to act like the players aren't in an enviable position that's not going to maintain. I mean, come on, this is not right. Right. Ross Dellinger had a story today about there's a bipartisan uh, bill that's being worked on. Saw this, yeah. A lot there, really a lot to sink your teeth into. I I put it up at rebelgrove.com. 
It's on the board. It's on the front page. Ross is. Like we actually can grab Ross's stuff now and just put it up. Yeah, that was awesome. I enjoyed yeah. that this morning. Did you have any idea he was coming to Yahoo before it happened? I did not. I did not either. No, I knew about Andy, but I didn't uh, go into on three. But I did not know about Ross. Yeah, same talked to thing. Ross. I talked to Ross briefly. Just congratulated him. Talked to Andy at length today at lunch. It's nice to talk to him, even though we're mortal enemies now. Um, You're anchor manning now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy thinks. I can tell you this: that Andy Staples thinks that the players are basically either going to become employees or there is going to be revenue sharing. Really? Yes. He firmly believes it and lays out the case for it. And it was pretty convincing. How does he fix the fact that unless the athletic departments completely redo their revenue, they simply can't afford it? Um, I think he thinks that's a, that's a you problem, if you will. That you'll have to fix it. You'll have to cut some. You'll have to cut some of the fat out of your athletics department. And let's face it, there's a lot of fat in the athletics departments. Yeah, sure. Huh? But you'll you'll have to. Maybe you won't build the. You know, twenty-two story chocolate waterfall in the middle of your football facility. We've already changed some there a little bit. I mean, as we had toward NIL, I mean, nobody's talking about the locker rooms that are beds no longer making the difference between kids going here or here or anything else. I mean, LSU does have air conditioning in their helmets, so we'll see what that does as the year plays out. But it's the only one of those. But you're right. No one's doing the arms race thing anymore. No mm-hmm. one's going, hey, we've, we're going to have to build a hyperbaric super slide no, no one's saying stuff like that anymore. It's it's hey, let's pay the players. What's well, like Mike Bianco told me that he thinks if there's a hit somewhere, it actually ends up being it's a it's, it's an ironic thing, but he thinks it ends up harming the players on the field because schools put less money into some of the rehab, physical therapy, their own strength coaches, their own therapists. At least not in football, obviously. I mean, who knows where football falls in the thing? But him and he. You know, his thought was, hey, if you go down there, one of the things you would cut would be taking out some of these sports-specific trainers and coaches and things that just simply, you know, weren't even existing or things five years ago. So, yeah, I mean, look, if you have to pay more for your house and you have to pay more for insurance and you have to pay more for necessities, what do you cut? Maybe you maybe you cut the vacation short. Maybe you don't go on vacation or maybe you stop going out to eat it. That restaurant you love so much every Friday night. You know, maybe you don't buy as many new clothes. You cut other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a budget. At some point you make budget cuts. So you're the CFOs at these universities. You you start drawing red and yellow lines through stuff and you take it to your AD and go, here are some options. Yeah. Speaking of baseball, probably something that does cost a little bit. Uh, Ole Miss opening their 2024 baseball season with a four-game set at Hawaii, by the way. So um, there's uh, that. That's where the the Rebels are going to open up. They're going to play a game on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. They won't have a midweek that first game, so it kind of keeps them on schedule, lets them get back into the central time zone prior to the the following weekend there. Um, 
I know either the second or third weekend of the season, Iowa's coming to town, Neil, for a three-game set. Hell, yeah. Yeah, the Hawkeyes Bye. will be in Oxford. So I get to wear my Iowa hat, <laughs> go out to the games. <laughs> yeah. No they, one will, they, no one will get the joke. Everybody will think I'm serious. Yeah. At the Warriors to open up and then uh, Iowa either second week or third week. You're going to try to put some sponsorship money together so you can head out to – I'd have to really feel good about the golf availability to even think about that. I doubt it. I, I don't think that's probably a trip that'll that, that'll happen. Um, I bet. I've I bet Hawaii. Been. I bet Hawaii doesn't stream their games. Well, and the damn thing's going to start at like two a.m. <laughs> I mean, what what are they like six hours behind us or something? I mean, like that, four, it's four at least, isn't it? Is that where they're opening the season? Is that Hawaii? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a four game set at Hawaii to open the year. Oh wow! When was the last time Ole Miss didn't open at home? Uh, they might have opened at TCU one year in one of those home and aways that they did with them. I was trying to think of. Oh, uh, I know in '09 they opened in Mobile at South Alabama's tournament. Oh, um, and there may have been one or two since then. I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head, but yeah. Well, no, they were in the Arlington a couple years ago. Remember when it came oh, to snowstorm right. here, and then it had the big whatever out there when they went three and oh and everything went where it went um but yeah so uh, vanderbilt did this a couple years ago vanderbilt did an opening thing in hawaii and i think mike called corbin was like hey you know is this good bad whatever and because they had another tournament scheduled and apparently it didn't some stuff was not going well and it was not well run so there was some balk out of that and then they ended up playing hawaii so yeah, I know Hawaii, and then I know Iowa is the, at least the, the name opponent that is in the non-conference. Um, off the top of my head, I do not remember who the other two of those uh, those are. So, anyway, a little bit of news notes there. I'll have to take, uh, that, weekend. I'll have to take that week off, I guess, just to, so, you know, so my bias won't shine through. <laughs> yes. God knows, man. I love me some Hawkeye baseball. The only Iowa player I can even potentially name is their really good player who got in trouble with all the gambling because they, you know, they hit right before the Cincinnati Alabama thing did that Iowa had some 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 gambling issues or potential gambling issues. But I'm sure we were that's, betting on ourselves though. So that's yeah. the difference. I mean, that's why I think Pete Rose should be allowed in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what's it hurt? Go ahead. <laughs> it's got four thousand two hundred hits. It's fine. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, it's, it, it's shorter, but we'll have a, uh, I guess people, oh, no, 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 let me think. Yeah. Podcast form, hand raised guys, another show this week. A lot of extras up that Neil has been doing every single day. Um, I talked to Josh Nelson of Sox Machine Podcast. He is a White Sox expert. He is inundated in White Sox information beyond anything that I ever could have imagined. Um, but we talked about the fact that Ole Miss has several prospects with them as well as a, a pretty not lengthy but a, a pretty good conversation on lance lynn and what he potentially would get on the trading block if anything is available for that is he's having his worst statistical year in a long time but josh thinks that there's a chance a contender grabs him to do some spot starts some bullpen starts or even potentially give you some experience if you just got into a tight there in the uh the postseason he named a couple of teams including the uh, baltimore orioles that could make a run at lynn to uh give them a little bit of leverage here toward the uh, the postseason, especially the Orioles because they have caught the Rays now in the East, um, and they are in the middle of that division fight there for the best record in the American League. So we talk about that. We talk about the uh, 
paths that are possible for Calvin Harris, for Jacob Gonzalez, for, uh, you know, the fact that Tim Elko is still uh, very much hitting. Somebody told me a couple days ago, and I, I told Josh, I don't know if this stat is true, and I get that this does not tell a complete story at all. Tim Elko has more total bases than anyone else drafted in the 2022 draft class so far. Oh, wow. I mean, again, make of that what you will. It's not, it well, does not it, tell the whole story. He's in high A. He's high A. Yeah. They think he, well, he went to low A first. And I mean, that's like, that's worse than the SEC. He was yeah. crushing that pitching. Um, how old then, is, how old is Tim? That's the thing is Tim has got to be at least 20, late 23, maybe 24. So he's probably earning a spot in double A. And that will be the critical test for his professional future. Um, we talk about that a good bit on the show from the standpoint of Birmingham and the Southern League has become a huge pitcher-friendly league because they use the ball with the tackiness. Uh, Josh was talking about the way they've changed, not to give away the whole interview, but the way they get, they changed some of the things in AA. They're seeing some three and 400 spin rate increases just for the same guy when he goes to AA because of the way they're changing the ball that it makes it almost impossible to hit. And the White Sox have a disadvantage because their AAA in Charlotte is the most offensive park in minor league baseball. So they've got this juxtaposition where they're having a really hard time figuring out what they have with prospects because the Southern League is too pitcher friendly and their AAA affiliate is too hitter friendly. And they're they're in a they're in a bit of a mess for frankly one of the worst farm systems in baseball anyway. They're one of the worst three um, statistically as they are sitting here 17 games below 500 for a big league club too. It's not, it's not ideal there on the South side. You know, they're taking double a pitchers who are having great success because they love the ball and, and taking them to triple a. And not only do they have to adjust to a different level of competition in different parks and all that, but a different ball. And then their numbers fall off. And some of the pro teams don't know what to make of it. Like, are you, mm-hmm. are you ready or not? Are you, you know, what are you? And it's, you would think that they could fix that by I don't know. Everybody play with the same ball, but I know they're experimenting with the the tacky ball because they might do that at the big league level at some point. Seems like it's just you would not want. If you very- give a, a big league pitcher an extra two to four hundred RPMs, you're making it impossible to hit at some point. You you're just making go, okay. Yeah, major league hitters have no, and if major league hitters have no chance, well then you you've overcorrected. Uh, Tim is twenty four years, two hundred and five days old. It's just so old. I got to get him to double A here soon, don't I? I got to. I got to. Because, I mean, he does, he's got 1,000 OPS and he's slugging 600 in high A. I mean, go ahead and see what you got. Yeah, because if, if, he's crushing high A. He's proven that. So I got to get him to double. I got to fast track him. Let's see what, what I have here. Because I don't want him making his major league debut a day older than 27. And so I, I got to figure out what I got here soon i need to get you him have no double- money in him but you got time against you yeah i i don't want to get him to double a now let him get a taste of it so that next season i can start him in double a with the intention of playing a, a whole season in double a and then having a year of data to look at and go okay is this guy a prospect or not because mm-hmm. he's got he's got all that pop he's got makeup and personality out though he's got an 80 on that Probably not the greatest athlete in the world anymore. You got to figure and out. He strikes out a ton. Got to figure out where you're going to put him. He's got to work on his strikeouts, plate discipline. Yeah, he, he, that's organizationally, that's an interesting quandary. And like you said, you don't have any money in him. But look, if if, if you get him 
year out of a guy that you put no money into, that is a giant win for your organization. Is a big crisis. And so you know there are people in the organization that are like, we have to give this guy a chance. And he is so charismatic and has so much leadership and would be so good in the locker room that you'd have to give him every opportunity in the world to make the team. Yeah, it's it's gone from everybody just assuming he would automatically hit the wall and it was what it was and it was one of these senior signs and he was a great college baseball player but it doesn't translate to at least people sort of doing the dog cock the head to the side a little bit and go, hmm. No, okay. not, not me. Not me. Uh-uh. uh-uh not me. Well, I watched uh, I watched his his career and uh, the way that – I know, it, you know, Ole Miss almost made a mascot of him from a media, you know – standpoint i don't I'm, I'm not making fun i would have done the same thing you know every time he walks down the street you put it to music and put it on 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 the season but most guys don't do what he did post acl tear mm-hmm. they don't grind through that because it's really hard and it probably really hurt and to be as productive as he was and then to come back and be the leader that he was that senior season and when it fell apart for him to be one of the people that kind of got everybody going again and you know the rest of that story and all that I, I mean that's a and he can really hit the ball out of the park I mean he's got prodigious power they can't strike out like that at the big league level they they they, they just probably won't tolerate that but you can you can increase plate discipline but I'd want him facing double A pitching here sooner rather than later because if if he can't do it, the faster I find that out, the better too. If I'm a big league team. Because I don't yeah, want a 25, 20, I don't want a 25, 26 year old guy eating up precious double A at bats, taking them away from a 22, 23 year old guy who I I think is my next first baseman. I mean, I, I I've got a I've got a lot to get to here. So him continuing to beat the hell out of high A pitching doesn't do a whole lot for me. I I would if I'm them, he spends the month of August in double A. Yeah, he's he's killing high A pitching. Uh Josh goes into that a good bit. So it's a good show for uh for Henry's guys. Put that up sometime uh soon. And then, you know, if if you're interested just in sort of the baseball side of it or any of those old miss players, Jacob and Calvin, really interesting things there almost to the point of pressure because the White Sox system is as bad as it is. I mean, I think Calvin Harris has a really large chance of catching for the Chicago White Sox at some point just because of what their farm system looks like, all their catching questions, and then they are hoping that uh, Gonzalez and their number one prospect right now are the left side of their infield here in a uh, in a couple seasons. So that's where that stands as well. So uh, we are signing off from Nashville for Neil for SEC Media Days. Again, check out all the different extras, a lot of stuff in the podcast feed over the course of the week, ton of content about the different schools, about the days, and then uh, Ole Miss as well. With uh, our show, we'll have uh, hand-raised guys up. I'll load that into YouTube, as well as it being in a podcast form as well. And then we'll be both be back in Oxford on Monday to resume. A, uh, actually, I'm not. I'm going out of town. But we will have a podcast uh, to you next week. We'll figure that out. You will not be void of shows in the process. So uh, in the meantime, for Neil from Nashville, Chase, we'll talk to you again soon.